All right, Dean. So the um, first topic that you know we're going to do in, the, in our podcast or this attempted podcast today is talking about judo, which is the thing that brought us together. Now, I've got a little story about how I met Dean. You know, Dean was, I believe, 12 years old, but um, at your wedding the other night, you said you were 11, which probably makes me even more despicable. <laughs> but um, anyway, so I lobbed into Townsville, you know, moving from New Zealand 2004. I was probably a little bit uh, depressed with judo at the time because I'd not long had a broken arm. And that sort of had prevented me from, um, you know, having a good go at the 2006 Commonwealth Games. Um, so I'd, I'd lobbed into Townsville following my wife, and um, after my arm had somewhat recovered, I turned up to the local j- judo club to find that I was almost the uh, senior belt there, um, which was a bit of a shock for me. Um, anyway. The story is is that there was this 11, 12-year-old man-child, you know, really tall kid, but obviously still 11, 12 years old. And every single time, let's say I was a bit vigorous with him, he just whinged. And, you know, he, he wanted to be um, take the soft option. And, th- and this actually really annoyed me. Um, and I thought about this a surprising amount. So I just thought, well, I'm just going to treat him like his size and be vigorous with him, and one or two things will happen. He'll either get sick of being um, vigorously engaged with and not come to judo anymore, or he'll harden up, you know, and that child was you. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I started really throwing you with vigor and attacking you and... um, you responded in the latter way. You stopped the whinging and, you know, you started giving it back to me whenever you could. You know, it took, took a number of years, to be fair, before you actually started um, beating me. And that, you know, did happen. Um, and I was also worried about your father, you know, who was who a big man. And he'd come and watch you, watch you play judo. And I was sort of, you know, I knew that he was observing this. So I was worried about him. And and then probably about a month after I started doing this, he said, oh, I really like what you're doing with Dean, you know, because I'm noticing that um, he's a bit more resilient at home. I can start giving a bit more. And I was like, oh, wow, you know. So, again, you know, I was at that that stage uh, 26 years old. I was probably, oh, no, 2004, 29 years old. Um... At the, at the height of my probably judo ability and I used that to pick up on a 12 year old boy <laughs> um, any thoughts about that um, how long had you been do- doing judo at that stage I think I'd only been doing judo for six months yep. or so yep. uh, so you started around about 2003 yeah yeah. I, I don't remember so, I, I, I don't remember you coming to the club. So why judo? I honestly, it was a bit of a weird serendipitous thing. I did a, a random assignment in school, and I was like, "This sounds, this sounds interesting." Hey, old man, is there a club in Townsville? I'd, I'd like to do this. I wasn't doing any sport at the time, and um, that was that was like early the year before. And eventually, Dad was like, "Oh, yeah, there is one." Um, you and your brother, come along, we'll, we'll give it a go. 
if you're going to do it, you got to commit for a year, and then yep. um, the rest is history, as they say. Um, but as for as for you, you say you say throw me, you're throwing me vigorously, but yeah, yeah, you were you weren't stuffing about with some of them, but it wasn't. Uh, what I really liked about judo and a lot of um, and everybody every judoka that I've met is you throw somebody hard but there's always the assumption of control there's always the assumption that you, you know the person getting thrown if they have um, done a little bit of judo you know we'll, we'll, I, was, I was to the stage where I was you know randoring everybody and I was randoring adults not only Evan um, so I, I knew kind of I knew the game um so I could fall properly and all this type of stuff. Uh, some of the falls I took with Evan were harder, um, but it wasn't, I think, I think the more important thing that you, perhaps because of your humbleness, a little bit of, don't mention is the, is the talking banter during the fight. It wasn't just, you know, stotic face, smash, 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 smash. It was, you know, you know, kind of that, that, uh, I would describe it as a shit-eating grin as I got off the floor, and you go, and you went, "Come on, then." Uh, that was the that was the bit that was really good, right? The um, the combination of nope, that wasn't a good idea, but you've learned that. <laughs> so so try something else, right? Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, 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 exactly. That'll work. That one, that one right there, and also. Um, also, not even just the stand-up, the groundwork, because I, I was, as you said, I was, I was, I was taller than you at eleven, um, or I was at least your height at eleven. At least, yeah. yeah. And I was definitely taller you by taller than you by twelve. Um, and by the time I hit thirteen, fourteen, there was no, there was no child in the club that could, especially with a couple of years of judo, there was no child. There was no other child at the club that I could fight on, like that I could actually fight. I had to, I had to, um, I had to treat them as they were, like a lot lighter than me, uh, not necessarily younger than me, but definitely, you know, the same age but lighter, um, not as, and not as strong, basically. Uh, so going, going hard against somebody that, or hard against adults, was my reality. Yeah. So it wasn't. Um, so your your decision to do that to treat me as um, the person that I had to fight against anyway um, was great. Yeah. Yeah. And you ended up actually having you know a bit of success in judo, and I can remember mm. the tournament in Mackay in two thousand and six. Um, you'd already done well in your sort of age group in your weight class, mm. and there was a reluctance to fight um, kids older than you, but. Um, my attitude was, well, you've come all this way. Why won't you get every fight possible? <laughs> yeah, and, and you were, you know, reluctant to fight. I guess the next level up because it was under twenty ones. Under twenty ones, um, yeah. So it was the so, next one up. So it yeah, was a bit of a jump. It was a bit of a jump. Mm. But um, you know, do you want to describe what happened next? You know, after you um, <sighs> decided to fight up the next level. Well, you were saying, you were saying, fight up, fight up, fight up. And my parents were like, listen to your coach, shithead. Uh, and I went, uh, fine, fine, we'll see how this goes. Um, and I actually was able to take out the division. Um, yeah. I actually won, won yeah. the division. So, 
as a fourteen or fifteen year old boy. So you won the yeah. you won that yeah. um, under twenty one year old weight class. Yeah, for the um, state titles, I think it was. Yeah, I think that was the state titles in two thousand six. Yeah, yeah, it was either state titles or North Queensland Games because they yeah. were on the same weekend. Yeah, so. yeah, they were always the same weekend. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And then I can remember going out that night, and you and you could see that you were bouncing. You know, you were pretty pleased with yourself. Yeah, I was high as a kite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, so I guess that that came from the attitude that you know, if you're going to go all that way, you try and get as many fights as possible. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that, that led on to a selection where you went over to Perth, right? So do you want to say what, what happened over in Perth? So Perth was the um, Australian National Championships. Um, that was my first National Championships. It, it was in a massive arena. I still remember looking at the arena and just being intimidated by the sheer space of the thing. I think they had four mats going at once. Um, for some of you listening, to put into context, um, judo's always been a fairly intimate affair, right? Like, we're in a shed and your parents and friends uh, are lining the edges and it's like one mat, uh, maybe two mats, but it's kind of non, not full competition size two mats. It's, it's you know, regional, regional judo size. And there are specific rules for it too, like regional mat sizes. So... Judo's always been an intimate affair, and I walked into this arena, and it was an arena because it was in the, uh, it was in some, um, some like stadium of some description, for basketball or something, and they set the mats up on this basketball stadium, and I remember being cold, and I remember walking in and just seeing, you know formats laid out in a in a square basically mm. with heaps of room either side and these stands that filled uh that reach right up into the ceiling um you know typical typical basketball now like as i as i know basketball stuff now but as a as a you know 13 14 year old i can't, I can't remember where it was maybe 15 i don't know 15 because they fought up so um it was it was pretty intimidating uh that competition that competition went well uh and poorly for me uh well because i placed second poorly because uh like when athletes or when people talk about you might hear it on the news sometimes like their mental state just wasn't there Hmm. Uh, that's a thing i discovered in that competition Uh, you know as a 15 year old that that mental state that that holding on to yourself and just just tuning it out and fighting is is half the battle once you get once you've proven you you can be in an arena of like that just yeah. holding on to that mental status is what kills at least it's my difficulty so yeah. it kills me um yeah but that, that was perfect i guess yeah, so what was that like to have that bit of success, you know, and as a 15-year-old think, hey, look, I'm the best, second best 15-year-old in the entire country of Australia. Like, I suspect there must have been a lot of confidence um, developed from that. Um, probably no more than I'd already had from judo. Um Judo, like judo, is a very humbling sport, right? Like, oh yeah, I was I was fifteen and I was second best in Australia, um, and I was, and I could walk into you know, you know, presumably because of the title, I could walk into pretty much any club in Australia, fight my age group and win. 
except for that one guy. <laughs> yeah, did he, um, do you remember his name at all? No. <laughs> no. Okay, I was just, just going to say, did he go, no. go on to do anything special in judo? No idea. Yeah. I, I was 15, like, it, it, it was also kind of, like, um, pre, uh, pre my personal social media anyway. Yeah. Pre, very pre-Facebook, actually, because that came out in grade yeah. 11 for me. Um, and, yeah, no, we just, I, I, just, I just didn't. I didn't talk to him. It was yeah. one of the few competitions where I didn't talk to my competitors because I didn't know who the hell they were. There was a few of them, so um, uh, yeah. And but the, well, that's the thing. And then when I got back, I had a couple of days off, and then I went back to train. And everyone was like, "Oh, that's great, that's great, that's great." And then um, you know, some of the other coaches grabbed grabbed me, and we were fighting. And then it was just back to getting thrown around the mat again, right? Like it wasn't it. it Yes, yes, it was great. Yes, it felt great. Um, and it certainly helped me kind of keep going, I guess, because it was a good encouragement. But um, at the end of the day, it didn't have much of a much of an impact, really, on my psyche. It was a, it was a, it was a fun thing that I could talk about. Oh, that, sure. that was about it. <laughs> you know, like, it's yeah. a massive achievement, you know. Um, mm. You know, and maybe, you know, as a 15-year-old, you know, you don't, realize what a big achievement it is you know but looking back on it you know you you kind of had the world at your feet which mm. um segues into the next part where as a lot of young talented athletes uh experience as you started having your problems with injuries um <laughs> sh- shoulder dislocations when did you first lift dislocate your shoulder uh the next year actually i did a uh partial dislocation uh, the next year, I was fighting somebody at a club uh, in Townsville, in, in one of our clubs, and um, he I got stubborn, basically. I just didn't let myself be thrown. If I let myself be thrown um, this day, I don't know. I don't know what would have happened, but in hindsight, actually, it probably would have still happened. Uh, my surgeon just says, you have loose shoulders. It, yep. it was going to happen at some point. Um, so... Yeah, I just, I fell awkwardly, put my hand out uh, to brace, which is something you don't do ever Hmm. in judo when you're falling or anywhere when you're falling. Don't put your hand out to brace. Um, But it was very awkward. I couldn't break ball properly. And it just went tink and it popped and it just moved out, moved in. And that was the weakness. And it hurt like bugger. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because I recall finding out about this, and um, I knew you were also doing rowing at the time. Mm, yeah. And my advice to you was no judo for a year; just focus on your rowing, build up the muscle around that injury. Mm. Um, but this was a case where you didn't listen to me. So no. the second, no. the second dislocation. When did that happen? Mm, it must have been three, four months later. Yeah. Um, I was fighting a guy that was huge. Really nice dude, um, but he was a big lad, mm. and uh, I pulled. I pulled away. I pulled away, or I pushed him away, or he pushed me away. Uh, my my hand, my forearm, and my bicep, and my like my actual body bit was yeah. very strong. It knew that it could handle this particular bit of pressure. Uh, my shoulder went mm, no. Nah. and full dislocation there and I could feel it in I could feel the ball of my uh, my shoulder in in my armpit (laughs) which is always fun and then then you had the third dislocation 
Yeah, the third dislocation. So then I fought nationals that year. Yeah. Uh, came second again, which sucks, but... Well, did you lose to the same person? Um, no idea. Person? I may have, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was because I was, again, mental state. My, my, shoulder, had been, my shoulder had been damaged yeah, leading yeah. up to this, so my preparation was a bit shit. Um, and, and, and yeah, so mental state, final fight, just lost it. Yeah. went to jelly which yep. isn't good um, and and then the final time happened in December of that year I tried to grab a pig uh, <laughs> so this was non-judo this was non-judo yeah. uh, related I tried to grab a pig uh, and, and that's not a police officer that's a literal pig um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about the police okay <laughs> Yeah, oh, no. right. apologies to all the queens and policemen listening. <laughs> uh, they got a good sense of humour. Um, yeah, so grew up. We grew up on a hobby farm, and we had pigs at the time. And one got out, and I tried to grab it. And again, my hand and arm went. Yeah, this is easy. My shoulder went. Nope, <laughs> and it fell out again. Uh, and I put it. I put that was the time I put it back in myself, which was also a little bit painful. Um, Got an x-ray later, it was fine. But, um, but yeah, my parents were like, well, that's that. Yep, that's into judo for a while. For a little while. Let's get you reconstructed and so recovered. Did you actually have surgery after that one in the end? Or? Yeah, yeah, six months later. Okay. Because um, my parents and the doctors were like, if you do it again, that's surgery. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was actually a good thing that I got the surgery because I, oh, yeah. I had a, a major... A major tear at the back and a couple of minor tears at the front so there you go so that yeah. was the start of your judo career yeah yeah, yeah. so um oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i kind of i kind of know where where i came from evan but where where did you come from prior to 2004 i know i know you're over in new zealand and i know you trained over there for a while but uh tell me tell me that tell me that side of things when right. little evan learned judo well <laughs> you know evan was probably so this was 1997 i moved to auckland to start my nursing degree and um i ended up doing some security with um a company and you know or you know the, the style worthies um so they're a famous New Zealand judo family. You know, um, Nellie, I watched her compete at the um, 2002 Manchester Games. Um, ben was a multiple national champion, and the um, father of the family was Peter. He, he sort of ran the business. And he asked me if I did a martial art, and I said, no, I play rugby league. He said, I wasn't really, rugby league was a martial art. So he kept on asking me to come along to judo. But um, 1997 wasn't the right time for me. Um, you know, I moved on from the job of doing security with the Stolworthies. But, you know, this thing called judo was in the back of my mind. I got on really well with their uh, other son, not Ben, and now Toby. I got on really well with Toby, and um, we became mates. But, so early in 1998, I said, um, you know, I'm ready to give this judo thing a go now. So they gave me a dress, told me to lob up. I lobbed up in a football jersey, you know, because I was going to spend the money 
to um, buy an actual gi. Um, and the person whose dojo I lobbed up in, he basically ran out, ran the Auckland University Judo Club out of um, his carport, fundamentally, and that was the famous or infamous Rick Littlewood. Um, so, you know, I, I was abrasive. I've always been a bit abrasive, fully admit that. And, you know, so Rick got um, Peter to lend me a, a gi top, you know, because I didn't want to spend the money until, um, you know, I was sure that this was something I wanted to do. This, yeah. this was... Yeah. the part of me you know that exists to this day um so kept on turning up um i was a white bout but i was training in the context of um like auckland university judo clubs probably one of new zealand's strongest judo clubs and to be fair i haven't found a better training environment so and what i remember most about the club was just the trash talking so probably originating from rick you know would just be trash talking and laughing the entire night whilst doing good judo and if you were a bit sensitive this wasn't the club for you because your indeficiencies would be pointed out to you um quite clearly you know with your character or whatever so you had to be quite resilient um psychologically just to train at the club but training at the club were probably the um better fighters in new zealand in every weight class so I'd get smashed from one end of the dojo to the other. And at the end of 1998, um, they had a, an inter-club tournament, which ended up being my first tournament. And I ended up doing the um, restricted Q category. So that was brown belts and below. So I'd say half that club was black belts, and the brown belts and below weren't bad either. Mm. But uh, I was lucky enough to actually win that first tournament. Mm. Um, and at that, Rick said... You know, yellow belt. <laughs> so I was a yellow belt. 1999, I thought, um, you know, well, I'll actually start going to tournaments and taking this a little bit seriously. So I went to my first tournament in Hamilton in 1999. And my first fight lasted about eight seconds. My second fight lasted about 12 seconds. My third fight lasted about 15 seconds. So... The amount of fighting I actually had was less than a minute. But to be fair, I was competing against um, black belts. There weren't other yellow belts in my division. You know, they, they were experienced judo because they knew what they were doing, and I was easy. I wasn't real happy about this, you know. Um, so to drive, you know, what I thought was a long drive to Hamilton, which would be about an hour and a half, for a minute's fighting, you know, that, that wasn't acceptable to me. So I thought... Got actually got to start taking this a bit seriously. Um, so, you know, head down, towel up. Um, one of the next tournaments to come up was actually the North Island Championships. And you had to be a minimum of an orange belt to um, compete. Mm. So Rick said to me, orange belt. <laughs> there was no grading. Yeah. It was just um, Rick wanted to, you know, give me the opportunity to compete, see, see how I went. And um, I went to a tournament about maybe a month beforehand and I was comprehensively beaten um, by this guy, Alan York. Now, I knew that Alan had a uh, weak right knee. You know where this is going. <laughs> so, and there are a number of other 
um, competitors in there. But Alan York, you know, he knew that he had this injured knee, but he was like, um, look, it's a weak field. I think um, most of the Olympics class um, athletes who are overseas um, competing, qualifying for the 2000 Sydney Olympics. So, you know, the best judokers weren't there, to be fair, and I'll, I'll be frank about that. Anyway, so I'd been beaten fairly easily by Alan in this earlier tournament. Um, you know, I'd lasted a little bit longer than um, 10 seconds, but, you know, um, I was comprehensively beaten. And then I turn up to the North Island Championship, you know, with my fresh um, orange belt. And Donald Fairley was coaching me, and he sort of said to me, well, you know he's got an injury, you know, how do you exploit that? So I said, oh, well, what do I do? He said, well, you basically want to make sure that his um, bad knee is always facing towards you. So you always want to have the the weaker leg in the front. Pressure on the knee. Pressure on the knee, exactly. Mm. So I was like, okay. So I think Alan actually ended up, um, you know, the, the fight almost went the distance and Alan was getting frustrated because I was always circling off towards the left so that all his pressure would be on the right knee. And I think he made a mistake and I managed to um, counter throw him for rip on. Oh, wow. So, you know, from being the lowest um, person at the tournament, you know, um, I was able to, because it was around Robin, because that's how many... Com- competitors there were, I was able to get enough points where I actually won the tournament. <laughs> so Rick said, green belt. <laughs> so, so I'd been an orange belt less than three or four weeks. Oh, jeez. And then I was a green belt. And again, so I started going to tournaments fairly regularly, you know, mm-hmm. winning some, losing some, but, you know, often placing on a podium. Um, you know, so I felt, I was starting to feel I had a bit of talent towards that. Um, 2000 came along and the national champions came up first and you need to be a minimum of a blue belt <laughs> to compete in the national championships. So before the national championships, Rick said, blue belt. <laughs> Again, yeah. I didn't do a grading. Yeah. It was just based on um, Rick's desire to progress me in judo. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Again, I was training against black belts and Olympians, you know, very regularly. So um, Daniel Gowing, who was the only New Zealand to win a fight at Sydney, um, was at our club. Tim Slyfield, who competed in the under-90s. Um, Rob Levy, um, who's now the New Zealand national coach. I think he was under-81s. Um, so just the quality, you know, and there were a number of other black belts around, and the quality of the competition just in the club nights, was often better than what you experienced going to tournaments. Mm. So that really progressed my judo a lot. Anyway, so I went to the national championships in 1999. Um, I was, you know, I didn't do very well. You know, I don't think I won a fight in my weight class, but I did win a fight in the open where I beat a, um, it was a second or third degree um, black belt, but I think he was an under 60s competitor. Ah, okay. So I was fighting under 90s and I just brutalised him. And, you know, I got my first win at the national championships. Um, the North Island championships came around. You know, I flew down to Wellington to defend my title, as it were. Um, came second in that tournament to someone who was young and up and coming, but 
suddenly I was definitely in the national sort of conversation, mm. you know, in regards to representing New Zealand um, in judo. And, you know, that, that, was, that was big for me. It was like, wow, you know, I'm actually having success at something for the first time in my life. But um, life took me in a different direction. You know, I knew that I was never going to... Um, Excel, you know, I could see that Rob Levy was by far a much better competitor, and you know, odd. He used to um, tie up my hands, and then he'd be rubbing my belly and go, "Oh, little cute pink belly," and he'd be giving blowing raspberries on me and all this sort of stuff, stuff that you couldn't do today in um, today's client. But Rob was just a massive class above where I was, so I knew that mm. I was never going to make it to that sort of next level of um, well, I've, Commonwealth Games. Um, so I, I decided, you know, travelling was something I always wanted to do. I freshly got my nursing degree. Mm. I did my year of practice in New Zealand and I um, moved to London. Mm. And I actually trained at the um, famous Budokai Club there a number of times. And um, probably my biggest name that I ever threw was a gentleman called Winston um, Gordon, mm-hmm. who went, uh, who was the gold medalist at um, the Commonwealth Games. And I'm not sure if he actually how highly he did at the um, 2000 and 2004 Olympics, but he was up there. But I remember being at Budokai, and I've always had a very good um, Urinagi, I think. Anyway, so I can, I don't know who he was. Hmm. You know, I was just you know literally a kid that had sort of blown in. Anyway, I threw him this night. He might have been taken easy taking it easy on me but then he proceeded to throw me from one end of the Budokai Dojo to the other you know he was getting up and, he, and it was the same sort of thing he goes come on strong man yeah. come on strong man as he'd throw me again yeah. you know but you know, I do remember the whole dojo um, stopping as I'd sort of thrown him for Ippon mm. and yeah so that, that was around about 2002 but you know Kai was a bit hard to get to so I ended up training at the um, Stratford Judo Club in um, East London where the Olympics were held Mm-hmm. Um, also the University College uh, Judo Club in London great time there yeah, you know like one of the stories was at Stratford there used to be this guy Keith who was probably one of the foremost blind judokers in the world and we used to train together and he was actually really really hard to mm. train against you know mm. in spite of his disability but um, in regards to the warm ups you know I learnt how to um, take Keith through the warm-up, you know, holding his hand and um, helping him through the exercise. And I always took that upon myself. And I'd often um, help him walk to um, the tube Mm. and get him on the tube after training. So, you know, I knew how to work with blind judokas. Anyway, so I turned up to this university college training once and and there was this blind guy who was a black belt and I still can't recall his name. Mm. Anyway, so I had an empty stomach. So, you know, I took care of him, Mm. you know. He must have been some form of lecturer at the, at the university because we ended up going to the, the equivalent of the uni bar. Mm. And I was like, I had an empty stomach and, jeez, I got drunk. You know? <laughs> and, and that sort of social side of um, judo is something I've very much enjoyed. You know, And he was obviously well-known within the university because he was introducing to me, me to all these really hot girls. and <laughs> oh, But it was a messy night. Um, and that sort of fun aspect and that social aspect of judo is something I've always enjoyed anyway but this this was 2003 now you know I'd got sick of London Mm. I'd been living there almost three years 
and um, my wife Kerry, she, um, you know, she was basically doing care work, and she decided she didn't want to do that the rest of, the rest of her life, and she wanted to come back down under and mm. continue her education. So we actually originally moved to um, New Zealand, and so I was living in New Zealand, living in Auckland, working, and I decided, look, the 2006 um, judo um, at 2006, and I'm now now where they didn't even have judo at 2006 Commonwealth Games, and I thought, look, the training's really good here, I'm going to have one last crack at um, trying to represent my country. You know, I was in my late 20s. Um, it, by now I'd had a brown belt because after the um, after actually beating a black belt at the 2000, sorry, at the 2000 Nationals, Rick said, well, you may as well start accumulating points towards your um, black belt. Um, so, you know, and I actually, you know, they actually made me do the throws for the brown belt. Mm-hmm. So I actually kind of graded for that, but it was a very loose grading. But Rick was just like, well, you might as well just start, you know, getting points towards your black belt. So, you know, I was planning to spend um, 2004 in New Zealand Mm. and, you know, just see how far I could go with it when fate intervened, like yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was playing my sister's netball team. There was a ball that was going well above my head. You know, I tried to jump up, tip it on, fell backwards, didn't break full. And broke my arm. Um, you know, of course, I continued, finished the game, and then I played another game after that with a broken arm. You know, it wasn't a compound fracture or anything, but um, it was basically a hammer blow to the elbow joint. Oh, yeah. yeah, as I fell backwards, and obviously I couldn't compete with judo. Kerry had moved to um, Townsville, mm-hmm. you know, to start her um, education degree. Mm-hmm. So I was a bit despondent um, moving to town moving to Townsville and to be fair I really hated Townsville when I first moved here <laughs> you know I couldn't stand the place but you know we were only going to be here for 18 months while Kerry got her education degree so I logged up at the local, local judo club and um, I guess that's where I met you mm-hmm. um, you know I went to a number of Queensland championships you know always the bridesmaid you know like you got a number of seconds in my weight class but never really felt right about going to an Australian Nationals because I identified as a New Zealander. So, mm. you know, invited many times, but never did, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm a New Zealander. I, I didn't feel right um, competing yeah. Yeah, in an Australian National Championships. Yeah. You know, Queensland, sure, you know, because that, that's kind of where I lived. But, um, you know, but kind of did well here. Um, you know, continued doing judo, but... You know, as you know, the judo's let's say very intimate here. There's not a lot of people to train against. Yeah. You know, and basically, you know, my judo itself sort of stagnated. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that, and that and that's how you know I came to meet you and then train with you as a young man. You know, and then probably the last tournament I can, you know, Glenn, you know, was the coach at um, Castle Hill. It was the 2008. Mm. Um, North Queensland slash North Queensland Games slash Queensland Games. Mm. That was probably the last tournament I did before you know childhood and um, and everything happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next time I recall seeing you was probably about two thousand fourteen, where you you'd, you'd started yeah. making your own comeback. 
Yeah, yeah. So, well, do you want to talk about move on to that? Yeah, well, I didn't really make a comeback until uh, you basically called me saying, Oi, I'm starting a club, rock up. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Was, I wasn't training at all. Okay. Uh, and I'd, I'd, I'd been thinking about judo a lot because yeah. um, the itch from my injury never never left me like I've you know in that time I did grade 12 so I was a little bit distracted then I I did my first few years of university Um, spent a lot of time in university actually and so I was very 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 busy but I've always I was always I was getting fatter (laughs) yes and I was and I was kind of sitting there kind of going I need to I need to do something Um, and kind of it was getting to the stage where uh, my partner now wife uh as of like three four days yeah um was doing her dancing and she she um she's she's always doing dancing so like yeah. three four days a week she's she's off doing her dancing um and i'm like well i can't see her then anyway <laughs> so i might i might start thinking about going back to judo and she was yeah. very much like yes Go, go, go do it. Go, 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 go. You keep talking about it. You, you, you talk about it so much. You obviously still like it, so go do it. Yeah. And then you gave me a call and went, hey, I'm, I'm starting a club. Um, are, you, are you able to train? And I went, yes. Yes, okay. I am. Let's start training. Cool. So, okay. So, so my recollection is I lobbed up to um, the old Castle Hill Club a few times. You know, mm-hmm. I, I ran to Anthony once. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he trained once or twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I ran into you another time and we, we had a bit of a... Because mm. I was actually trying to introduce uh, Michael to judo. Mm. And I think you... Oh, that's right. Yeah. I did go back uh, yeah. for, for a few... For a little bit. Yeah. I, yeah, that's right. And I absolutely died in the heat. <laughs> yeah. Because I was heavy. <laughs> yeah. And I recall, um, you know, like... So Michael was finishing his training... And you were like, Evan, we, we can't, you know, have you here and not do a bit of a randori because I want to get you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, you know, so we did a bit of a bit of a randori. Um, yeah, so I'd always had in the back of my mind is that I wanted to emulate um, Rick. So, you know, it had always been my sort of dream to um, try and start my own judo club. Mm-hmm. So, money and finances finally um, allowed us to rebuild our house in 2016. So, 2017, um, you know, started the Daigaku Judo Club. Mm-hmm. So, originally it was just going to be the University Judo Club, again, emulating Rick. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I wanted to share judo with my children. Mm-hmm. That was a massive failure. Um, you know, I've managed to turn all my children off um, judo. But... You know, I gave it a go. Um, and again, I guess we re- reunited it. And I guess at this point, something that was quite important to me was um, to get my black belt. Mm. So for the first time in my life, I had to prepare for a grading. <laughs> and I actually, um, you know, probably what's well known is that I didn't see the point of um, doing carters. Mm. And obviously, the Nagi no carters are a very important part of a grading. Mm. You know, to the point where I probably sullied my own reputation in um, Townsville here, where when the coaches wanted to do carters, I'd, I'd literally just walk out. Mm. Oh, this is a waste of my time. Mm. I'm off. You know, and that probably bespeaks to um, that aspect of my character, which is maybe not always admirable. Mm. You know, I'll fully own up to that. But, um, you know, which caused a lot of tension. 
you know, with um, probably some of Townsville's more established judo community. Mm. You know, but... And I guess the other thing that I didn't find here in Townsville was um, that piss-taking that um, you seem to enjoy from me, but... Mm. You know, like I'd trash talk people and they didn't seem to appreciate it much up here. <laughs> you know, but that, that, was, that, that was what I was used to. Um, you know, I can even recall in the Budokai Club, um, less so the Stratford Club in London. Um, you know, there was a guy, the, the teacher there was very sort of serious. Um, you know, but and again, it was that sort of um, taking yourself really seriously that I noticed in Townsville. So, mm. whereas... You know, to me, judo's always been sort of fun and games. So, but you know, again, for the first time, I had to actually um, do learn a nagi no kata, and I actually had to learn all the throws. And um, so, my first grading was arranged for me, especially down in Brisbane, and I didn't do so well there. Uh, and then, you know, you and I, you know, sometimes would be up, you know, which is a shock for you at six o'clock in the morning, working here at the in the, in the dojo doing the nagi no kata. Mm to the point where I actually think we did really, really well. You know, I think at that mm. stage you got your blue belt, is that correct? Or was it... Green. Yeah. It was green. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so they graded you up to green. Um, I managed to get my black belt. Um, but by now, you know, it's just as when you get what you want, um, you, you know, the kids just weren't interested in judo. Mm. And that was something I wanted to share. And that was a big motivation for me was to try and share judo with my children. But, um, you know, mm. life had other plans. So, you know, my, my story now is that there's a few work colleagues that, that I do a little bit with. But it's very much focused in um, judo and how to use judo to beat jiu-jitsu players. Because jiu-jitsu's just got massive um, mm. since since basically, you know, 2000 where I started. Um you know, but before we get on to the sort of judo jiu-jitsu thing, mm-hmm. you know, you did start getting those victories over me, especially mm. in the last um, few years. Last few years, when I, yeah. when I came back as an adult, like we, I kind of started to handle you a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think um, I think you were still a green belt. It was, it was the last time I had a victory over you. Yeah, yeah. And then every other tournament, you've pretty much um, got on top of me and held me down. And, yeah, um, yeah. And beating me, so you know. Some, sometimes it was a like throw for Wazari. Other times it was a no score, but knock down and yep. just jump on top and yep. crush you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much making the most of that weight difference, which you know, Absolutely. something you know. I've always encouraged people. You know, any advantage you um, have, you exploit. Mm. You know, and I think I've spoken to you about my one um, regret about my judo was I re- never really developed my strength. Mm. I never did any weight training. I never did any um, thing to improve that. Mm. But I always found it quite insulting that I'd get off a, a, a judo match after I'd beaten someone and it, all my opponents would talk about how strong I am. Mm. And I was like, no, no, I'm skillful. I'm graceful too. <laughs> yeah, you, you might laugh. You know, but, I, but you know, it used to really um, bug me that nobody recognised my skill, which mm. probably, you know added to the resistance to doing strength training mm. but you know I often wonder how good I could have been if I actually had have um, reached my potential in strength because strength yeah. was my strength yeah, yeah. you know fat bastard judo just overpowering people and mm. you know but but there is skill in using that yeah yeah, yeah. so 
That's my one regret in judo. Do you have any regrets about, um, you know, because you're, you're now pushing 30. You're probably as old as I was when we met. I am, actually. I'm, I'm 29 now. No, not really. I'm, I had a lot of time um, to do grade 12 and then I had to do university because, like, judo is something that is kind of a part of me and it always will be. For me, it was always, like, a lifelong thing. Yeah. Um, Competition-wise, I've got, I've got a number of years left. Oh, like, of course. Quite, quite easily, like, in the heavy heavyweight and, like, the 100 kilo and over 100 kilo division. You know, we don't, we don't tend to slow down until 35, closer to 40. So I've still got another up to 10 years of competitive judo in me. Yeah. Um, like easily competitive judo. And, yeah, then, and yeah. then I can retire to, you know, Queensland or but Australian. Kid, or, like uh, me, your kids might get you. Kids probably will. <laughs> they will. It'll happen eventually. Um, but again, Liz, with, with my partner, uh, Lizzie and I are, are like, we, you know, easy to say now. So I wonder how this will, this will date in the future. But... We both do our own sport and yeah. it's been shown time and time and time and time again that if you have to stay active, if you don't stay active, you know, you, you know, it, it's, it's bad for you in so many different ways. So yeah. like Lizzie and I have a bit of a commitment, unspoken commitment to each other that we're going to try and stay active Yes, our entire lives. Like we're going to oh, keep yeah. doing our sports. We're going to keep doing, she's going to keep doing a dancing. I'm going to keep doing my judo and BJJ, um, just just because if if you don't, you 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 get weaker. But you also you know like both of us are in IT. We're sitting in a computer every day. You know, just moving in judo and BJJ where we can stretch properly and move properly and like in all those weird and wonderful angles that really helps us out both mentally and physically. So. Yeah. yeah. So, so you mentioned BJJ. Um, so let, let, let's just sort of di- digress about that because um, one of the things I've been saying to you is we've recently both been attending BJJ in very various forms. Mm. Is that the BJJ that we have at the moment seems very similar to um, the judo that I was doing 20, 20 something years ago when I first started, and I've mentioned mm. this to you. And it's just been the massive success of BJJ. In, um, around the world so my first um, exposure to BJJ was in the late 90s mm-hmm. and as a club as a judo club would turn up to BJJ tournaments and um, we, we would beat the BJJ guys using judo mm. you know we didn't train BJJ specifically but would mm. turn up to their tournaments and the thing that impresses me about BJJ is they didn't try and change the change the rules to um, make it harder for judokas to win Mm. they got better Mm. and bjj was very much a marginal sort of thing 20 years ago Mm. um so you know one of my good friends is carl weber Mm -hmm. Uh, you know uh he is very much responsible for the new zealand um bjj scene you know Mm. and progressing to the ufc so israel adesinia um and the current crop of New Zealand BJJ and UFC fighters who are now earning hundreds of thousands, if not millions, through their um, exposure. You know, mm-hmm. they've got a big thanks to the sort of Carl Webbers and the 
Neil Swales of the world. You know, the interesting story about Neil was that he was a judoka, and now he's a UFC referee. Mm. And apparently um, New Zealand Judo Federation told him, um, you know, you can't do judo and BJJ. And so he said, well, I'm doing BJJ. That's weird. Yeah, I know. You know, and it, it, you know, it sort of breaks my heart because I'm a sort of a judoka. You know, I see myself as a judoka, but just to see how judo has gone backwards Mm. over my career. For example, when I first moved to Townsville in 2004, there were two judo clubs and there was one BJJ club and mm. pseudo BJJ because it didn't do it did mainly kickboxing mm. so that was um, kickstart there in um, Cranbrook oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was the only um, jiu-jitsu club where you could do jiu-jitsu in Townsville mm. now it's just massive there's about 47 jiu-jitsu clubs around Townsville yeah, and one very weak judo club yeah um, so whatever moves BJJ, you know, and through the influence the UFC's been doing over the last 20 years, they've made every post a winner. Mm. But I can recall that same tournament in Mackay that we spoke about earlier mm. is a number of the guys I was training with BJJ from Kickstart mm. is they turned up because they just wanted tournament experience because you couldn't get tournament experience at that stage in North Queensland for love or money. No. So, but it was quite clear to me that judo had been changing its rules to make it harder for BJJ people and people with BJJ backgrounds to compete. I, I, I kind of, like, this is the part in the podcast where we start disagreeing and throwing yeah. things at each other. Um, I would actually have to say that uh, that wasn't the motivation. That is kind of what happened, but I don't, from what I understand of the, the, the history and like the reason why these rules have changed, uh, that wasn't the motivation. Um, I don't like the motivation either. Like from what I understand, the motivation of IJF and those type of bodies was to try and make judo more, basically more TV orientated, right? Yeah. Like, like, like you see those big throws, you don't see like the grapple, 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 yes. grapple, hold down, strangle kind of that kind of stuff. Maybe, maybe like if BJJ kind of proves that there's a really large audience for that, and it seems to maybe judo will go a little bit better but the other problem with that judo has is um you know it's an olympic sport how like if if we're doing the same thing as wrestling why why do we have both in the olympics which is the big question because bjj is not in the olympics um and judo is and so like but you know it's coming yeah but just due to popularity and the fact that you can sell it yeah it, it it very much might but who loses out well, I, there? Yeah. Like, will, will wrestling go or will judo go? Well, wrestling's yeah. already gone in the Olympics. Oh, has it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so... I, I didn't know that. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, like, I think... I think they were, like... Because wrestling's gone now, I th- like, the motivations of IJF to actually keep judo in the Olympics and the moves that they made may have saved it, may have saved well. Olympic judo. Um, well, again, I think um, there's a movement within the Olympic movement to move the Olympics away from a Eurocentric, um, you know, obviously, you know, developed in Athens and Greece. Mm. Um, and definitely in the early Olympiads were European sports. Mm. And one of the things that um, judo gave to the Olympics it was that it was more, you know, Eastern. Yeah. 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 So there, there is that element. But, you know, obviously BJJ, you know, and again... When you look at the history of BJJ, it is very strongly in, influenced by judo. Well, it, uh, the judokas that went from that 
went, went from, from Japan, Japan yeah. into Brazil, and they and it is it is it it did come from judo quite 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 specifically quite clearly yeah yeah it came from judo and anybody that any of the high level BJJ guys um, and even if you look online on BJJ communities and the boat and you look at the people that kind of have been around for a little while everybody has respect for judokas and a lot of and like i would say the majority of judokas have a lot of respect for bjj guys as well because uh at least at least in my experience yeah at least in my experiences online um and my experiences with bjj now i've only been training in a small town with bjj in a fairly small bjj club um but like we're two still very two very different sports Yes. Actually, actually, that's not the that's not the case. That's that's perhaps incorrect. We're the same sport, pretty much exactly, with two very different rule sets. Yeah, well, a different um, focus. A different focus. Yeah. Um, I I kind of I haven't trained with many BJJ people, and I, like I'm moving to Melbourne soon, so I would I hope to yeah. I hope to train with some with some with some BJJ people to round out my grappling. Yes, fighting, and um, and that's the point is that judo has very much gone down that sort of throw or what they describe in BJJ as takedown territory. Mm. That seems to be the um, what what you do in judo. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. the groundwork has just been given up. Whereas judo has got a fantastic groundwork history. Mm. Hence, we get the term kimura. Mm. You know, the actual arm lock is named after a judoka. Yeah, you know, so. Yeah. Judo had that game, but it's just given it up, you know. And this yeah. is what annoys me: is that um, Sensei Rick was always a very strong groundwork person, mm. very strong in the um, Nawaza, mm. and hence all the people that came out of the University Club in Auckland were very strong Nawaza people. And mm. and in that basis, we were able in the late nineties, early two thousands, go and be exceptionally competitive in the. Um, Auckland um, BJJ scene mm. as a judo club. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so we had those wazas, but judo has just removed itself so much away from that yeah. groundwork and that history of groundwork. Yeah, at least competitive judo. Yeah. I, I, can't, I haven't seen that happen at like the club level yet. Um, oh, there's lots of clubs that you know apparently don't even train with no waza anymore. Yeah, that's a little bit disappointing. Yeah. Like, I, I personally, for me, my judo is all in the transitions, right? Like, yeah. If you uh, the f- big throws and all that type of stuff are, are possible and it happens all the time, but uh, for me, I really like the transition. Yeah. Like you 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 fight someone, you throw them, or you you get like a, not even like a half point, just just you know, just you upset to, to... them a little bit, and then you take them to the ground and you can finish it there with it strangles or armbars. Yeah. Um, that's well, kind of why even bother, you know, with the traditional BJJ. Rules yeah. is one thing I notice is that they're very loose on the ground. You know, like mm. they're very dynamic, but they're very loose. Mm. And if you can do a kizugatami very well, mm. you just hold them there for the for the yeah. length of the fight. Yeah, yeah. They're not going anywhere. You That's know, because the the point I make to BJJ guys is if you can throw or take down really really well, you don't need yeah. to pass the guard. You're landing in a dominant position. You don't need to move from there. Yeah. It's up it's up to the person on the bottom. Yeah. You know, and again, what a lot. I'm really amazed at how good the BJJ guys are on the ground. Mm. But so many of them will just sort of fall on their ass and put their legs between you. And it's like, well, stand back. I don't have to engage. Yeah. And a lot of, I guess, my coaching these days is trying to teach um, BJJ guys how to throw and throw well because 
all that work that they do from the guard becomes a moot point if you've thrown someone well and you land inside Through control. Yeah, <laughs> if you land inside control, if you land in the mount, yeah, all that work um, working from the guard, it just becomes moot. Yeah, yeah. And what I've found is that, and it does come back to it, right? Everybody starts on their feet. Yes. Nobody, nobody starts. Nobody. You know, there are some people that start butt scooting, but we don't talk about them. Well, uh, well, again, you know. Yeah. You can just stand back. You don't have to move forward. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, they're almost compelled to um, stand up, you know? Yeah. Knowing that somebody's really good out of the guard, why would you go there to start with? Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you start the fight on your own terms. And, like, I went to um, a mini tournament for BJJ, and I was just appalled at the, you know, lack of quality in throwing. And I just think yeah. it's a... If I was a young BJJ person wanting to do well in BJJ, yeah. you know, judo has... Build a lot, a lot to offer, yeah. because it's something that BJJ is neglecting. Yeah, 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 hundred oh, percent. And if you like, there's other parts of judo that um, <laughs> I know I'm going to uh, annoy you a little bit here, uh, just because I know your attitudes on it. But the grip fighting game that comes from judo when you're standing. Oh yeah, yeah. Just if you dominate your grips standing, right? Again. In the current BJJ rule set, you can't just sit on the ground and scoot towards somebody. You actually yeah. have to have a hand on at least, right? Yeah. And if you, as a judoka or as a BJJ person that, that cross-trains, uh, and both of these arts, I think what the fun thing is with both of these arts is they both encourage you to cross-train into yeah. anything else, yeah. right? Mixed martial arts. Sure. Um, and, and this is where I'll push back on you in a second. Okay. Like... You, you get a hand on if you can strip hands away and control hands control body standing it doesn't matter what position they decide to sit down in you've got dominance okay uh, you 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 know if you can control upper body or the hands specifically they can't grab you in an arm lock because you've got their hand here right like they, they, they only have to they can only use their legs if you're controlling their hands or their upper body they can only use their legs and what are they going to do with their legs Mm. Right, there are things that they can do. They can, oh yeah, they can, no. they can, very they can, creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can knock you down and that type of stuff. But it is obvious that you have a dominant position because you're not going to just stand there and let them and let them do it. You're going to keep moving them around if you've got that leverage, right? So the the stand up game in BJJ that I've seen is is is, is, is interesting. It, yeah, it's just going to take somebody to cross train quite specifically judo BJJ, and I think both if it doesn't matter which direction you come from if you start bjj and then you train hardcore bjj and then you train hardcore judo you go you're gonna be a scary individual in any particular set of rules that you want to compete in right like yeah well this is the sort of argument about you know what are you are you a judoka are you a bjj guy or are you a martial artist Mm, mm, mm. so and again with my problem with the grip fighting and i I said i would get back to this is Mm. um if you're a martial artist and if you go back to jiu-jitsu at at its rawest form where there Mm. is kicking and where there is punching Mm. those grips those grips are a waste of time because someone's just going to punch you in the face yeah until you grab their wrist and they can't uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I mean, you, you, you like even in boxing, there's a defensive stance, right? Of course. So, so you, yeah. you've got this defensive stance. They throw a punch. You, you catch. You've got to be real quick to do that, having done as much boxing as I, yeah. I've done. But of course, when you're you doing boxing, add, you've got gloves on. Yeah, yeah. You so just, you're not, not going to grab. Yeah, you know, you just there advance, is a the clinch. Advance, yeah. grab their head, and yeah. that, that's the kickboxing, right? That, yeah. Kickboxing has that. They advance, grab their head, yeah. and then they start fighting from that yeah. position. Well, so uh, the point I'd make is um, when yeah. they're standing. 
in a um, UFC context where, where there is mm. that kicking mm. and punching, nobody really grip fights. No, well, that is true. They also yeah. don't have any of the gear on either. Yes, that, you know, you can't grip onto the geese. Yeah. But, um, but again, you know, uh, Dan Kelly, you know, mm. probably the judoka of um, Australasia, let's say, over the mm. last 10, 15 years, mm. did very well in the UFC, and there was a lot of judo in what he yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, look, look, judo is not a complete lost cause. Mm. Um, you know, but again, if a young fella was training in martial arts and came to me today, I'd say go to your BJJ club. I wouldn't, mm. and that pains me to say that. Yeah, I'd have to fight you on that one. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. You know, but <laughs> um, there seems to be a few. If judo doesn't go back to what it was to me 25 years ago, where mm. it definitely placed equal emphasis on both yeah. the standing and you know the, the um, tewaza and the naiwaza, mm. it'll be cut become increasingly irrelevant but mm. I still think judo has a lot to offer mm. um, in the I like, future I, if you think about judo as a martial art I like judo um, because in reality right we wear clothes yes uh, mixed martial art contest is actually fairly like it, 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 it's, it's, it's also quite specific right yeah. you, you don't have clothes on you know they don't Vaseline each other anymore but yeah. you, you know like you, you've got You've got this context where you don't, you're not having clothes on. You like in a, a lot of the places in the world, like we're up here, we're on in t-shirts and, and shorts. But, yeah. but um, most most places, people have a jacket on of some description, or at least a couple of layers. Yes. So you've got something to yeah. grab, and people grab people. Joe right? Rogan talks about this all the time. Yeah, yeah. I actually don't, I, I don't I, listen to much of Joe Rogan. He's yeah. good. He's good. I just, yeah, I just yeah. have other things. But he, he talks about you know if you're wearing a jacket, that's a weapon someone can use to hit you off the earth. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And also, I like uh, I like a lot of the grip fighting game for it. Also, it applies on the ground. If you've got yeah, somebody I, above you on yeah. top of you and you're fighting, you're fighting for grips. Basically, it's the same yeah. process. It's the same thought process yeah. that you're fighting out and it's fighting through. So it kind of has this application as the martial arts side of things, um, weirdly enough, because it, it feels like very competitive judo focus, but if you apply it to, it's even more street focus perhaps than, yeah. than some of the other things we do, even yeah. some of the things we do in, in, in the so mixed martial back, arts tournaments. I'd push back on that, you know, because what judo lacks is the, the kicking and punching. Yeah. In, a, in, a, in a street focus, that's what people are going to initially try and do to you. Mm, and true. again, if it ends up on the ground, true, you know, true. That, that, that's where we dominate. And again, a lot of um, the BJJ stuff that I was winning in the late 90s, early 2000s was based on my ground game, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My ability to yeah. sort of dominate on the ground. It wasn't my ability to um, take punches and kick, kick, kick someone's teeth in. It was my ability to get to the ground and be comfortable there. Yeah. You know, like I learned that I had a concrete chin. I could I could take punches like nobody else. But once someone was close enough um, to punch me, I could usually get him to the ground and usually um, dominate from there. I yeah. always felt, you know, when I was fighting in that era, that the fight was over once I got it to the ground. And again, that comes from Rick. Rick was one of the foremost Nawaza Mm. Um, experts in the world and um, you know I'm blessed to mm. have trained with them anyway let's talk about your future in judo so oh. the judo national performance centre opening in Melbourne yeah 
exciting times. Coincidentally, where I got a job. <laughs> so, you know, Melbourne, Victoria, you know, you're having a 130-something um, kilo beast coming your way. <laughs> You know, but again, you know, something I've always loved about you, Dean, is your frame. You know, mm. you <laughs> just like me for my body. Oh, I do. <laughs> I am so jealous of your frame because I'm five and a half foot tall yeah. and, um, you know, built very low to the ground. But, you know, you're, you're built well all over. You, you've got mm. that um, t- Teddy Raynar sort of build. I'm not as tall as Teddy Raynar. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a big lad. But you're a big lad. <laughs> he's 6'6". Six, six. I fight a guy uh, who's, who's Teddy's height. And he's a scary, scary, scary man. We were talking about Ari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, um, he's, the, he's the next. He's the next one I'm going to take down. Oh, wow. I, I've got you eventually after 15 years. I'm going to get friggin' Ari in the next couple. Yeah. And he, well, know, and he knows that. He knows I'm coming for him. Yeah, we, yeah. We well, drive up to... We used to drive up to tournaments all the time together and just talk shit the entire way. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, well, to, I'd, ha- I'd be a little bit quiet on the way home. <laughs> what a unique thing that is, you know, because it's, it's really rare to have um, frames like you and Ari. Mm. You know, these big, tall, muscular guys. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you guys are kind of blessed to actually be training with each other. And I'm sure that um, it benefited Ari as well. Is that um, mm-hmm. I was able to uh, at least give him a good exercise, a good workout. Yeah, well, yeah. again, when we were training, you know, again, I'm a little bit lighter, but not much, not significantly lighter, is um, just that one of the things big guys struggle with is finding training partners as big as themselves. Yeah, yeah so, it's very you know, look, I think you guys were blessed in that sort of little period. I'm aware that Ari's down in Mackay now, mm. and you're moving down to Melbourne, but mm. in regards to training with big guys, Look, I think your skill development will benefit a lot from being in um, Melbourne. Mm. But, you know, whether you'll get the opportunity to train with big athletic guys, mm. um, I'm not sure that you'll be, be beaten in it. But I, but I think that was quite unique, that, that sort of training period, mm. you know, where you had guys that were at least 115, well, yep. I was 115 kilos. You, were, I think Ari was in the, in the 120s and you were in the 130s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because size and weight counts. Not anymore. I've been able to strip no. a bit. So oh, that's good. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you always were a beast. Yeah, yeah. Still I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to try and get to under 100s because my frame at under 100s, I think, if I can maintain the strength, strength yeah. I'm going to get advantage of his, of speed. I'll have, I may not have the advantage of reach because some of the under 100 guys are fairly tall as well. But yeah, I'm not I'll, I'll have the, I'll have the, I'll have a lot. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not as sure as the wisdom of that, you know, because yeah. even for an over 100 fighter, you're a big over 100 fighter. A lot of them yeah. are sort of um, 110, 120. But, you know, when yeah. you're seeing in that 130 but when weight... You, but if you start seeing the... Um, start seeing some of the... But mine, for me, it's not 120, 130 kilos of muscle. It's... it's I've got a well, bit of a Well, yeah, no, you are a bit fat, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah. Uh, so but, um, I think if I can, I can, if I can strip down... But you, you're not in a beast build. No. You, you're not a bowling ball. No, no. You know, you are that Teddy Reiner. You know, like... Uh, if you Teddy Reiner is a just a square. Like, he, yeah. if you look at him, he, I'm, I'm not going to actually get there because he's a hundred... He's actually 140 kilos yes. of just muscle. Oh, I know. There is yes. no fat on that guy. Yeah. And I don't... My body won't get there. No. But, look, but, but, like, but, yeah. you, but you're that body type. You know, you're not... Yeah, yeah. You're not a bowling... You know, I'm more of a bowling ball. <laughs> 
you know um yeah yeah so, more of a rectangle yes yeah so look i, I you know again i've always been one of your, your greatest fans and i mm. think you've got a lot of talent and I think with the, um, you know, if you can engage with the Judo National Performance Centre there in Melbourne. That'd be good. Who knows how far you can go because you're going to get a lot better coaching than you, you were getting up here. And also the martial arts scene in Melbourne in regards to... Um, That's just what, so much more. Obviously. Yes. It's just more. And cross-train with the BJJ. Yeah. Cross-train, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and get those guys because... I'm well, actually, it, it depends what um, Lizzie will tolerate, but there's no reason why you can't um, to, you know, train five nights a week. Ah, oh, shoot, 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 that's okay. Yeah. As long as I'm getting... As well, long as I'm, and, know, and then there's the weekends fit. as well. And yeah, then there's yeah. the opportunity for tournaments, and yeah. um, and you're not having to drive four hours for a tournament. No. no you know, it, it might be a one-hour, yeah. yeah. Jump on a train, get there in an hour, and train, and then fight, and go home. Yeah, yeah. I don't even have to drive, it's going to be wild. Yeah, you um, know, so that, that's really exciting for you. Yeah, I'm actually thinking of... Um, this is the part where we just start talking. <laughs> I'm actually thinking of training down resilience. Resilience. Uh, resilience in uh, Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah. A, uh, I think I don't. No, nah, I'm not going to say because I don't know. But there are some there are some Olympic level kind of coaches there, so or former Olympians. Oh, is this Dan stuff. Kelly? I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say that, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, it might be his club, but I'm not sure. I'd, I'd definitely, and you know, yeah. like I know. I wouldn't have achieved what I did if I hadn't have lobbed up to um, Rick's club with all the Olympians and all the, you know, like, like you're as good as the people you're training against. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, and you got and you got and you got to get to that stage, like. Well, also that geographical location. Yeah, yeah. I, we've been. I mean, fairly lucky up here. North Queensland's always had a weird, weird, um, what do you call it? Like success in yeah. judo. Uh, I don't. I honestly don't consider myself a Townsville judoka. I consider myself a North Queensland judoka. Yeah. Because oh, I, sure. I, I, I've spent I've spent so much time and I've got so much out of, you know, Innisfail up to Cairns. You yeah. know, a couple of Cairns clubs as an Innisfail club. Um, Mossman. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, Mossman club was huge. Uh, Atherton. Um, so I, I've kind of fought all over, and I've had I've had people teach me from. You know, all over North yeah. Queensland. Um, so I kind of have to consider myself a, a yeah, well, um, North Queensland judoka. Don't forget your roots. No, exactly. Even though right. you are about, about to be a Mexican. <laughs> South of the border, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we've done an hour and ten just on judo. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. You That's know, um, mm-hmm. all right, shall we move on to other subjects? Let's do it.